Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is going to be a long drop. Can't go wrong when you're coming back with Muse. All right, so we gave we gave our next guest a break last week because if we would have had him on his regular time slot, it would have been like what, like three in the morning? I think I don't know. We didn't we didn't want to bug him that uh, early or late in the evening, depending on how Steve Sipple was enjoying his Hawaii experience. But back from the island and here in the mainland, Steve Sipple of On Three and ninety three seven, the ticket joins us. Happy Thursday, Sip. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, it was a four hour time difference. Yeah, we didn't want we didn't want to bring you on at four. We figured you'd probably be sleeping. I don't know if yeah. it was your, was your body. How long did it take your body to sort of adjust the old time clock there? Uh, it did. It was easy. It wasn't hard actually. Okay. It was, you know, I didn't really recover fully till probably yesterday mm. from the trip. But hey. I didn't have any problem with the time change. I like the time change. Yeah, you know, because you get up. You know what you notice in. Honolulu, and I don't know if it's maybe in Hawaii, period, but the um, everybody gets up early. I mean, everybody, it's, it's, you go down in the lobby of the hotel at 4.30, 5 o'clock, and it's full go, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I haven't really thought it out, but I, it was it was interesting that way. Were you, were you tempted at all to just stay, to just get a bungalow on the beach and, <laughs> and make it Steve Sipple's Hawaii? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> that flight home was probably an absolute pain in the ass. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every day, every day is eight and the low is 65 yeah. every single day of the year. I mean, it's, yeah, it's ridiculously nice. So you're saying we actually could have had you on at 430 in the morning. Uh, last oh, year. I mean, I—I I mean, I'm saying people are up. I'm not saying I was. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. You got to take it a lot last week too. Uh, and I—I want to get into. I know you talked to uh, Tagovailoa's. You talked to a lot of different people that were yeah. either involved in the Polynesian Bowl, but also obviously talking to the three that are going to be going to Nebraska as well. Overall, just the. The experience itself, though, watching practices, watching the game, what did you kind of just draw from that entire Polynesian Bowl experience? Well, a lot. I mean, the Bowl was loaded with talent. Mm-hmm. Um, there was 13 five-star players in the game. And if I were a Nebraska fan, I would feel really good. If, if you just were a Nebraska fan who happened upon – just ha- yeah, I, mean, I guess you could if you're in Hawaii, just go to a, those practices and attend the game. You feel really good. I mean, yeah. that, that's what I would say. Um, of course, you feel good about Dylan Rayola. It feels like you don't even need to cover that ground. It's pretty self-evident. Um, he's, he's you know, he's always cracked up to be, at this point in his life, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to develop. But as a incoming freshman, he's about as good as you'll find, okay? So, but I think people are well aware of that. What I didn't know and what I was surprised about was Carter Nelson. Well, I, I didn't know what I what I'd see. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And what I saw 
pro- I mean, it far exceeded what I expected. He was one of the better players on that team. You know, it was a Mike Zimmer's team. He was, and, and again, these are talent. This is a, there was a lot of talent there, and he was absolutely. He and Dylan Rayola were two of the best. Well, of course, Dylan was, but Carter was one of the better players on the team. And I mean, I've been saying it. I don't. I really don't mind saying it after seeing him for three or four days. He'll be Nebraska's best tight end. You know, I don't. I don't know exactly how they plan to use him. I don't know if it's a conventional tight end, but mm-hmm. whatever. And that and that grouping. If he's in the tight end room, he'll be the best one. He's that good. He's. I don't mind saying it either. I watched him a lot, and then in, then in the game he was excellent. And he's he has no back down in him. So people wondered, okay, he's going from eight man to eleven, and now he's playing in these bowl games with all this talent. And it was physical. Yeah. I mean, these were physical teams. And he has no back down at all. That's all. That was the one thing. That was one thing I was wondering. I didn't really wonder about his athleticism, but I mean, it was better than I thought. I mean, six five. They're listing him on the Nebraska website six five two twenty five. And when he ca- and he looks all six five two twenty five to me. Yeah. And when he catches a ball short and turns up field, it's really impressive. The thing he's got to learn, and this is what he said, is. He played eight man, so the third level is kind of the thing he's got to learn. Mm-hmm. But he caught a, you know, he caught the ball up the seam in the game, looked good. I just don't think he's going to have much trouble with that. Nebraska's gotten a lot of pub out of Dylan Ariola in this game. How do you think they best capitalize on this momentum in recruiting? Uh, I don't know how much momentum you get. Oh. I just kind of I'm glad I caught myself. You, of course, you get some momentum from Dylan Raiola. Um, they already have. I mean, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're getting both Isaiah Naor and Jamal Banks out of the portal without Dylan Raiola. I don't. I don't think they would. I I think NIL and Raiola is a pretty wicked combination when you're trying to recruit skill position guys. And I think as long as Raiola's around, it'll be easier to recruit skill position players. And maybe players in general, maybe even offensive linemen. I mean, I, I know that he went to work on that that kid from uh, you know the Alabama transfer, that Proctor mm-hmm. that ended up at yeah. that ended up at Iowa. But he was, I mean, he had a relationship with him, and he worked it a little bit. So Dylan's willing to do that, and he's I think he's probably pretty good at it. Is you know having a rapport with different players. Yeah, so I think mainly the conversations about about Dylan, but on the other hand, I see kind of see where you're going. That just that Nebraska had three very good players in that setting. I think there's maybe some, maybe that helps you helps your profile a little bit. What what you had a chance to kind of learn from from Dylan, but also not just Dylan directly and, and having a chance to see him and, and talk with him, but also watch him play, but also hearing from a guy like Alu Tagovailoa, who obviously has watched his sons play at a very high level at the quarterback position with Talia and obviously Tua. What, mm-hmm. did, he, what did he have to say? What were some of the things that he kind of uh, saw from, from Dylan Ryle and, and some of the things that he maybe has sort of taken back from what makes Dylan a little bit different? Well, here's what, here's what he said. It boils down to it, Dylan. He's got all the, you know, he's got the arm talent. Um, he's got all the, he said he's special. He, I mean, he's just so far advanced for his age. Mm-hmm. Um, he, the two things he said that made an impression on me is he, he can make a, he can make throws off balance 
where a lot of kids that age need to kind of have their feet set perfectly. They need perfect mechanics. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need that. He his arm his arm strength is such that he can throw off balance. Uh, you know, and, you know, you know the different arm angles conversation, all that. I think the key thing that that it's it's glue Tunga Valola said is that what it'll come down to whether he's really successful or not, it was how he reads defenses, decision-making with the ball, and how he reads. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's right. This is just what he said. I don't watch enough NFL to know if he's right or not. But he said that defenses – I mean, I know defenses in this day and age are terrible tacklers. I mean, there's a lot of terrible tackling, even at the highest levels. But they read really well. They're – Defenses are smarter than ever. They almost approach it like an offense. They call plays. They're very ball-oriented. They know where the ball's going. They're going after deflections and picks. So what's that mean? Quarterbacks got to be smarter than they've ever been. You know, they're not, it's not just head-hunting anymore on, that, on the defensive side of the ball. They're smart, sophisticated. So quarterbacks have to be smart and sophisticated. And I think Dylan is. I mean, only time will tell on that. But he's... It, he obviously benefits from having a dad who played 14 years as a center in the NFL and, a, and an uncle who's in the, you know, the offensive line coach. And he leans on Donovan quite a bit. He said, Dylan says, if you, you know, I know how our offensive line is scanning the line of scrimmage. I know that. So that helps me. I know how each of those guys is what they're looking at. And it kind of, he kind of starts that way. He calls it kind of going backward. He, mm-hmm. he, he, he can start kind of up front and read and read and progress from there. Uh, I don't know. The bottom line is he comes from a background that will really help him. But it, it, it will come down to that, I think, because he's got all the arm talent. He's got the size, you know, 6'3", 220. It, but not every quarterback reads well. And that can be a deal breaker. Yeah. I've seen it at Nebraska. Johnny Stanton was a talented quarterback, but he just couldn't – he didn't grasp the playbook. He didn't read well, and that's, that was why it, it didn't work out for him. So it doesn't always work out that way. And a lot of guys – and Galou said this too, that, that he, sometimes you either have that or you don't. It's sort of hard to learn. It's like a point guard in basketball. Either you kind of have that – yeah, you have that sort of vision and feel or you don't. So that's what I'll – that's why I'll be watching pretty close out of the game. Uh, Matt Rule made the trip out to Hawaii for the Polynesian Bowl. How did that land for you, Sip? Did you think it was important? Well, it was important for Preston Tamua uh, because, you know, he hasn't – I mean, it meant a lot to Preston for Rule to be there um, because, you know, he's out there in Hawaii. He's from, he's from out there. And, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't come in – to the mainland all that often he hasn't and coaches don't get out there that often so it meant a lot to to Preston and I think it I think it meant a lot to those other guys too he just came in he came in for about 24 hours just it was a quick in and out mm-hmm. but yeah I think I think it meant a lot he can't go to you know a head coach can't go to a, a practice like that but he talked to all those guys and I know I know it meant a lot to Tamula Tamula Tamua, and he's good, by the way. I didn't yeah. mention him, but he's he's interesting because he's a he's sort of a he's sort of surly, mm-hmm. you know. And <laughs> yeah, I, I think they need 
you need some of that or a lot of that. And he's, he's really makes an impression because of his size. He's 6'4", 328. I, now he looks just like a pure guard to me, but he says his, the coaches tell him that he's a, he's a guard with the feet of a tackle. I, I think he'll end up being inside. But he, I thought he played well. He, he faced off against a couple of really good defensive linemen. He, you know, he didn't play on Dylan and, and, and he didn't play on Dylan and Carter Nelson's team. He played on the opposite team, right? And he was faced off against a kid named Jaden Jackson, who's going to Oklahoma, who's a bear. I mean, he's a. I, I'll remember the name Jaden Jackson. I'm gonna watch him closely because that's a. He's only six one and a half. Two not, he's two ninety five. He runs like a linebacker. Plays nose tackle. So he's. So he had to deal with him, and he, I'd say he did pretty well. Uh, Zip, I know, you know, based on this conversation, you wrote this earlier in the week too, for someone that doesn't get fully dialed in as far as the excitement level to spring ball, that has taken on a different tone. Was it because of last week? Is it because of what you've seen just in the off season with uh, trying to improve this roster? What, what has got your intrigue heightened now here on uh, spring ball for Nebraska? 23 new players. Uh, on the roster is, is a huge number. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've never seen anything like it. I mean that, and then six those six transfers. Oh, I mean I should say portal guys. The six portal guys yeah. that all at least five of them are probably. I mean, I they'll have all of a chance to start. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, it's kind of I think springs generally going forward in the in this transfer portal era will be more. I don't know. I call, I say fun, more intriguing, because yeah. we'll wonder what banks, you know, what banks will look like, what Naor will look like, what Dante Dowdell will look like. I mean, imagine that Lyman Mazuka mm-hmm. coming in from coming in from Florida will be a starting guard. So what's that all look like? You know, I don't know about about Bly Hill. Um, I don't know if he's ready to crack us. I don't even know if they brought him here to start immediately. But all those new guys. Is, and, you know, that's not even to mention Dylan, you know. Right. Dylan, Dylan will be here. Carter Nelson won't be here. Neither will Tamua. But Dylan will be. I mean, Dylan's here. Yeah. I mean, he's rolling. He, and yeah. that was the one thing about Dylan that was interesting. He was a little, oh, I'd say um, distracted last week. He wanted to be in link yeah. you know, with, with, with his guys. And his dad kind of had to tell him, look, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, just focus on this, and, mm-hmm. and you'll get to Lincoln soon enough. But he was kind of, you know, I don't, maybe annoyed a little bit. Um, but he, he, he got through that and practiced well and played well. So Nebraska hired a quarterback's coach. We knew that was probably going to happen. It's Glenn Thomas. Uh, he's familiar with, with Rule and the staff. The part that's interesting to me is that he's also the co-offensive coordinator. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Do you think this was a title that was necessary just to get him on board, or is there an actual role here uh, as a you know as the co-offensive coordinator? What do you think that means? Well, it means more money, um, <laughs> and I and I I don't know. I wish I had more information on it. It's just it's kind of one of those things. I hate to say it, kind of, it doesn't help you guys, but I want to hear what Rule says. Rule is very transparent. Those questions, he'll answer. Um, 
I, does it mean he's going to share play calling duties? I don't. Yeah, probably. I. I mean, I, I. Usually, that's the way it works. You know, that he'll have input on that. I don't know who will swing the final hammer on on that. I, ma- I imagine that's Satterfield. But those are the kind of questions I don't want to. I don't want to pretend like I know. And sometimes, sometimes you know, those you can't really answer that right now. Maybe Rule can't even answer that right now. I don't know if that's a that's a good uh, theory that maybe that's what it took to get him here as a co-offensive coordinator mm-hmm. tag. Um, yeah, how much involvement will he have in the offense? I guess that's the the critical question. I just can't answer. Sip, we'll get you out of here on this uh, high school basketball fifteen and five Creighton basketball fifteen and five. Those are facts, by the way. Um, mm. <laughs> so, if in your opinion, what you've seen with this team. Are we? Uh, is this going to be a a attention convention, as Gary likes to say, in February? Or do you feel good about where this thing is going as far as Nebraska getting the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's, it'd be hard not to. Their schedule really lightens up late. Yeah, these next five games are really hard. That'll you got to before I go all in. I want to see what happens in these next four or five games. Uh, if they can, let's say four. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get out of there. I wouldn't be totally surprised to see him get out of there three and one. Two and two is probably, probably what will happen. Yeah, probably more realistic. But, but, but they have to start winning on the road yep. to really kind of stamp themselves as, as, as a team that can maybe win a game in the tournament. So the Maryland game is big. You guys talked about probably. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great win for Maryland going on the road. Maryland – it's such a good-looking team physically, yeah. and with an 11 a.m. tip-off, you want you just wonder what's the energy like, yeah. really on both sides. But I, I no, I think Nebraska is built to win a minimum of 10 games in the Big Ten. That's what it looks like to me. You got to get Gary back in it. That mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know. Here's the thing: they're they're still pretty good without it. So I'm not. I don't think that's a make or break. Obviously, it'll be the road would be a lot easier with Gary, yeah. but I don't see it as a make or break. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Sip is always first of all welcome back to the mainland. We're we're glad that uh, we could we could have you back uh, and uh, appreciate you coming on as always. Have a great rest of the week. All right, thank you guys. Steve Sipple with on three ninety three seven the ticket. Good coverage out there between he and uh, Sean Callahan with the Polynesian Bowl. It was it was cool. to. I, I think the build-up to the actual game itself was probably more interesting. The game itself was kind of sloppy. There was a lot of turnovers and whatnot. But, yeah, the his his take on Carter Nelson, I think, is, is spot on. Like I think everybody was going to tune in to watch Dylan Ryle if they hadn't watched him play yet. But I think the big question was Carter Nelson seeing him in 11-man as opposed to 8-man. I mean, the, the dude stood out. Like it, You always knew where he was uh, from a physical standpoint. He stood out, too, amongst – that many, you know, highly talented players as well. That was it was a, it was a great look for Carter Nelson. Zip saying that he's going to be Nebraska's best tight end on the roster is a very bold statement, and he did mm-hmm. not seem to be wishy washy on that at all. Yeah, and he knows who else is on the roster at oh, tight yeah. end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are going to be talking about not only Jim Harbaugh to the NFL, but also the NFC Championship game between the Detroit Lions. Yes, the Detroit Lions. 
in the San Francisco 49ers. Angelique Shingalis from the Detroit News will be joining us in just a little bit. A little more Husker and Creighton Hoops talk as well. And don't forget, we got Brian Edwards before we get out of here. All still ahead on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.